And we are back 33 minutes after 11 o'clock. Our Miller Joy Coffee Tom, my pleasure to welcome back to the show Richard A. Bear, A. Bear's Garden Center. He's at the store as we speak. But if you do have a question or comment for Richard, you can email me, Teshmatters at Kane1240.com, or leave a message for us on our Facebook page, Teshmatters, or on Twitter at Teshmatters. Richard, thanks for joining us. Hey, Jeff. Uh, good morning. What a beautiful day. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, it's been a nice stretch, uh, to, to say the least. But before we get in, i got to thank you again for breakfast. Appreciate your thinking of me uh, on yeah. your way in today. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, we, we, work, we start early in the day, and uh, that can get hard sometimes. So, uh, yeah, no problem. Very good. So, what has this stretch of uh, great weather meant uh, for the lawn and garden, uh, landscape? Well, certainly, uh, you know, uh, here at the store, it's definitely picked up. And so what normally we would wait to bring in a lot of plants, can't wait. And I've been, you know, the weather's right, you got to get it. So we're, we're loaded up with tropicals and everything else. And before I forget, Jeff, I want to talk to you about uh, if you pass by uh, the house that you had mentioned on Main Street about the grass. Yeah. Remember that? If you pass by again, you're going to see it's perfectly green. So sometimes, you know, Patience is a virtue, and sometimes with the lawn, you got to kind of be patient, uh, not push it too hard, and just let it green up naturally what it wants to do. So all those big splotches are now green. And uh, so, so you know, it, it's, been a, it's been a challenging, uh, I guess, six months with grass because of the brown patch in the fall, then the hard freeze, and then the warm winter. You know, Jeff, people think we had a cold winter where in reality we have not we had a cold week but when you start to look at the month of january and february it has been extremely mild as a matter of fact it's been it's been warm and and that's kind of forcing things to you know flush out earlier the azaleas blooming as early as they did is is is, is very unusual jeff i mean to have azaleas blooming uh you know beginning of beginning of february is unusual, and and the good thing about it is that usually what happens if it happens early, uh, then a lot of times we'll get a lot of rain or cold weather, and then, then we lose all the flowers. Well, that hadn't happened this year, and I know we're getting a little chilly weather this this weekend. I don't know what what is going to be the low. Do you know what the low is? I I haven't seen anything lower than fifty one night, fifty three another, and back into the sixties for lows. Okay, so. For lows. Yeah, and you know, and 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 we can tolerate that. But just to tell you that we, you know, if we would get temperatures in the 40s, and if you fertilize that lawn, that really makes it real susceptible to brown patch. As a matter of fact, just the grass flushing out this early makes it just by itself susceptible to brown patch. So if you put too much fertilizer too early, it's going to make it much more vulnerable. So just hang in there. And uh, your grass is going to come back, and 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 uh, you better use the weed and feeds and all that. We just got to wait another another couple of weeks before we can really really put it down safely, where it won't cause more damage than good. When you're spending a good amount of money in your lawn, obviously you don't want to waste it, and 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 uh, do something that's going to actually make things worse than better. Uh, and so that's kind of my long and short of uh, the lawns. Now, jumping to uh, vegetable, Jeff, and everybody wants to get an early start, and this is one that I think an early start is is not bad because, uh, you know, as long as you can protect a few plants, I think we, we are good to go on most things. And just want to talk a little bit uh, today about the uh, about tomatoes and different varieties and 
and and and making sure you do the right things before you put uh, a lot of time and effort, and then you realize that you didn't do quite things you need to do. And the, the first thing is you want to set up a place where you're getting a lot of sun. I know people think it gets really hot, but you need to get a, a lot of sun for for tomato plants and any vegetable. And I guess the other big issue is you want to do the proper spacing. Jeff, when people buy, uh, you know, vegetable plants, you got to realize that, you know, six, eight, ten inches tall. So they're really little, small little plants. And so when you set them out in the garden, if you're reading your, your planting charts and you set them out and the planting chart says 18 to 24 inches and you set them out there and you say, my gosh, it looks empty. Well, yeah, it does initially, but give it about a month and that little tomato plant is going to be three or four feet tall. And have a span of, you know, 24 to 30 inches. And if you plan too close, uh, you're going to be disappointed. And, uh, it technically is, is what's, what's happening when you plant these plants too close is that they start competing for sunlight because the leaves are growing together. And so that's one of the issues. And the other issue is that you're going to promote more fungus issues because the, the, the leaves inside the plants can't dry out because they're all close together. And, and so it's, it's a double-edged sword, you know. So you gotta, you, you gotta get the proper spacing. And, uh, if you do that and get a lot of sun, that is going to help you tremendously in the long term. So that's very important. The other thing is going to be, uh, you know, the, the varieties to plant. And, you know, you know, people, people, you know, always ask, uh, ask us, you know, what is the best variety? Well, there is really no best variety. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, of every, you know, when these people do research and they develop new varieties, they're all trying for different reasons of, 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 of what they're trying to uh, accomplish by hybridizing. And some, some may, may say, look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to produce a tomato plant that's going to produce tomatoes all at one time. And that's good for people who are in the business of selling tomatoes because they bring in the people who harvest and they get the crop in. I mean, get the crop out all at one time. For homeowners, it's not. And, 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 and so there's different reasons. Uh, some, some, uh, they want the, the fruit to look good. So there's a lot of reasons why they do that. And so I want to go over some different varieties that, that uh, people might want to look out for that might help them in terms of the decision on, on what varieties to plant. And the first one I want to talk about is the uh, the old heirloom, old tomatoes. And that's like uh, uh, Cherokee purple, uh, Brandywine, uh, German queen, Creole. These are, you know, 50-year-old tomatoes that, uh, that have not been hybridized. The, the advantage to these is that they give you a really good taste. Not the, not the best looking tomatoes. They have, you know, they kind of may have, uh, creases where they, you don't think they belong. They're not perfectly round and not perfectly smooth, but a great taste. And their production may be not, not as good as the regular hybrids. And again, that's because they hybridize them and, and they do well. So those are four really good heirloom, great tasting tomatoes that aren't high producers. Now you jump to some of the older varieties such as Better Boy, Big Boy, Beef Master. These are, these are proven winners. Uh, you know, those have been around probably since the 70s, 60s, 70s and 80s and just good old standard varieties that do well. That's your kind of 
uh, uh, kind of proven winners. And then you get some of the newer hybrids, such as the 444, 640, 689, 602s. And these are just newer varieties, I'd say, over the last 10 to 15 years that are high, high production, maybe not quite as tasteful as the uh, uh, some of the heirlooms, but still very good, much better than the greenhouse tomatoes we buy in the grocery store during the, during the off-season. The good news is that uh, the tomatoes, you, that the plants that you're going to buy and plant are going to produce a tomato that tastes much better than the ones that you buy in the grocery store. Many of the ones that you buy in the grocery store, especially during the off-season, uh, are greenhouse-grown, and many are uh, you know, grown just in water. And so you're just missing some of that taste. Uh, I mean, you really some of them have no taste, as far as I'm concerned, and 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 that's kind of a disadvantage. Uh, obviously, if you're in the off season, you can't uh, you, you can't grow them. But you know, that's the advantage of being able to grow your own is that you are going to get a better tasting tomato no matter what you do. You just got to look out. Now, some people have had just trouble growing tomatoes, and believe it or not, tomatoes is probably of all the main crops, such as eggplant and hot peppers and bell peppers. Tomatoes is one of the hardest ones to do. Cherry tomato is a really great go-to, and if people say come in and say, "Now, nah, you know, I've quit growing tomatoes," cherries, the little small ones, are much, much, much easier to grow than the big ones. So if you're growing eight or ten big tomatoes, plant one cherry. Believe you me, cherry will produce a lot of, of uh, fruit on the vine. And you have many different varieties of cherries. The old standard varieties are one called Sweet 100 and another one called Sweet Millions. Those are the old standards. Sweet Millions is a little bit smaller cherry. Sweet 100 is a little bit bigger. Then they came out with several years ago a, a, a large cherry, which is kind of a misnomer it's certainly still a small one but certainly not nearly as big as a as a uh, as a regular tomato but a very good producer and some people want just something a little bit bigger they don't want that small small cherry and a large cherry is a very good one and a easy one to produce they came out with new varieties one's called sun gold and uh chocolate cherry i think there's another one called sun master those are some of the sweetest ones the uh, sun gold will have kind of a yellowish tint, though, so if that bothers you, then maybe not. But it is a sweet one, and so is that chocolate cherry, which basically the chocolate is referring to the color of the tomato itself being a dark, dark red, and uh, but but a very sweet one. So if you've had trouble, cherries is a great way to go in terms of production and, and uh, much less maintenance and uh, just much easier in general. Now, cherry tomatoes are indeterminate tomatoes, meaning the plant itself is going to spread and vine. And that's true uh, with some of the heirloom tomatoes, uh, the older ones. By nature, a tomato plant is a truly is a vine. And so that's why you see these tomato cages put around tomato plants is to make them grow up and you can hold them up. But if you did it by nature, they would actually spread on the ground. But you don't want that to happen around here because... We just get too much rain, and all those, uh, uh, you know, the ground just stays too wet, and 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 you have major problems. That's why you got to make your plants go up, and uh, and and so. But a cherry is going to vine. They do great in uh, in in hanging baskets, also. 
So keep in mind, you have indeterminate and determinate tomatoes, and that's one I, I didn't mention with the big tomatoes. Is that is that if you have a container, you'd want to go with a uh, a determinate tomato because it's going to stay smaller for you. It's going to just be easier to control, and uh, whereas the other ones will get bigger. But if you have a tomato case, you can pretty much handle either one of them. The more sun you get, the smaller your tomato the plant will be. Really? Uh, that's, yeah, that's everybody says exactly, exactly that. Uh, response uh what, what happens is uh is you know jeff we always talk about stretching right when you're growing seedlings you put them in the windowsill they stretch for the sun and that's what happens to a uh a vegetable plant if it doesn't get enough sun it gets really tall and 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 may not be lanky if you get enough sun but it is going to stretch and get much much taller than if you get sun it'll stay it'll stay as it should and if it's determinate versus indeterminate, it still won't get any bigger than it should get. But uh, if you're not giving it sun, it will get taller. And, and, you know, little differences make big differences. So an hour or more of sun will make a big difference in terms of the stability of the plant as well as the production of the plant. And then, uh, you know, lastly we have that is also very good, easier producer, or the grape tomatoes, and, and, and uh, those are really kind of they're kind of oblong, but not as big as a as a Viva Italian or the or uh, 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 San Moran, which is more of a, uh, a pear type tomato. Those are used a lot for cooking down for sauces, but you can eat them fresh. But the grapes in the are, I guess they did over the last ten or fifteen years. They started to uh, take on. Um, more of the uh, the market in terms of production, and those are those are very very similar to the cherry in terms of uh, ease of maintenance and longevity, and I like them. They have a great taste to them. So I always tell people, if you've never tried one, you have the space, try try the grape tomatoes, and uh, you might be you know pleasantly surprised on on how well they do. Cool. All the other stuff, Jeff, in terms of, you know, the peppers, I think we're good to go. We're, we're loading the wagons. I just tell people you want to be able to protect them once or twice before you get into it. And, and remember this, when it comes to planting, if you're planting 12 tomatoes, uh, a lot of times just getting an early start with four or five of them will help space out the crop and, uh, will also have less to worry about if you get cold weather. So even though you might have a guard, you say, look, I'm, I'm a planting 24 plants. You know, yay, plant uh, of the 24 plants, six or eight of them, of of a few, and that way it's much easier to cover, and you'll get an early, earlier production, and then maybe in a couple of weeks you go ahead and finish the crop, and and sometimes, uh, you know, that helps in terms of worrying about cold and, and all that good stuff. Jeff, when it comes to the, uh, the bedding plants, I, I think, look, Everybody, we've had such a cold winter, Jeff, that people's yards just look so bad that they they got to do something. So we have brought in a lot of bedding plants, and we have focused heavily on the stuff that you can plant early. Uh, and one of them is uh, geraniums. The other one is begonias. And uh, the third big one is petunias. And these three, you kind of, you know, if you can get an early start, it's going to help you, especially when it comes to the geraniums and the petunias. Uh, geraniums, you want to get an early start for a lot of reasons. One is when it gets really, really hot, they will quit blooming. So obviously, if you can get an early start, they're going to bloom much later into the summertime. 
Uh, and then availability of geranium becomes less as the season goes on. So as we start to get into the middle of April, what happens is people who plant their geraniums early, they look good, the neighbor sees it, and they come in and say, hey, uh, man, my neighbor planted a bunch of geraniums. I'd like to get some, and they're hard to get. So if you do like geraniums, you do want to get an early start on that, and uh, uh, they can take any, you know, if we get temperatures in the 30s or even if, uh, a, a light freeze, not a problem for the geraniums. Petunias the same thing, and uh, petunias will uh, will take the cold, a freeze, not issue. An early start helps you, and then uh, you know we have some of the more spreading petunias, which as time goes on, petunias are going to get less and less. The growers will kind of back off from petunias and start growing the more heat tolerant plants. But we have some of the uh, uh, some of the way petunias that can uh, uh, improve and win winter petunias that can actually take heat much, much better. It's still a good idea when trying to plant heat-tolerant petunias to get an early start. So th- those those two in the begonias, Jeff, you, you do want to get an early start so that they can get well-rooted so that if it does, does get hot, they can take it and, and perform extremely well. And uh, and then, and then we're, we're just we're loading the wagons. Actually, we got our tropicals in, Jeff, you know, the – hibiscus and the mandevillas and the diplodinas and uh it's just the demand is so high because of the freeze people lost a lot and um people are anxious and want to get started yeah you know it's amazing and and too often it happens just a a short period of cold weather can really muck up the works and then you had all this beautiful weather since that's it that's exactly right and and that's short what happened with this one was that it was short, I don't know, probably three to four days, but it stayed cold throughout those days. And, and so that sustained temperatures, you know, if we get temperatures and it drops down to 22 degrees, stays there for a couple hours, and then gets above freezing the next day, much, much easier on the plants, but that's not what happened this time. Gotcha. Anything else uh, you're keeping an eye on? Jeff, that's pretty much it. And uh, blowing and going, and uh, hopefully the weather stays straight. All right. Well, we'll let you go. Appreciate your checking in with us, and we'll look forward to the next time. Thank you, Jeff. You bet. Take care.